Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every Monday with a new story about what's going on in your world. On today's show, we'll talk about a holiday favorite, tamales, and the impact on our culture. Before we get to our segment, I want to thank all the folks following us at Jesse Garcia Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For more information about upcoming guests, visit jessegarciashow.com. Also, if you want to meet me in person, I will be presenting at this year's Creating Change Conference for LGBT Activists in Washington, D.C., Friday, January 26th at 7 p.m. at the Marriott Wardham Park Hotel near Woodley Park Metro Station. I will be talking about creating your own LGBTQ organization and the need to empower people of color to prepare them for future leadership roles and political office. And here's your weekly news update. This past week, Congress went home for the holidays to celebrate Christmas with their families. You know, the holiday that commemorates a young refugee couple who welcomed the baby Jesus. The party in the majority chose not to address the status of youth who depend on the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA, a policy that was rescinded on September 5th. The ending of DACA was delayed by six months to give Congress time to decide how to deal with the population that was previously eligible under the policy. This past year, approximately 800,000 individuals, referred to as the DREAMers after the DREAM Act bill, were enrolled in DACA. Since the policy has ended, more than 11,000 immigrant youth have lost their protection from deportation and the ability to work. Every day, 122 immigrant youth become vulnerable to deportation. Please call your Congress members today and tell them to enact legislation to reinstate the DACA program that prevents deportation of undocumented young people and to support a clean version of the DREAM Act. What is a Clean Dream Act? A Clean Dream Act would create a pathway to U.S. citizenship without using young immigrants as bargaining chips to harm immigrant communities. To contact your senator, visit senate.gov. To contact your representative, visit house.gov. Did you know that tamal is an ancient snack that helped revolutionize the growth of an empire? In a history presentation available on YouTube by Claudia Alacron, we learn that tamales became the Western Hemisphere's first food of convenience. Imagine creative indigenous women preparing themselves and their partners for long trips to hunt, to travel for commerce, or to engage in war. These women came up with ready-to-eat meals to sustain their communities for long journeys. Prepared meats and vegetables inside cooked corn dough wrapped in corn husk, plantains, or plant leaves allowed the Mesoamerican people to get their nutritional needs while building an advanced civilization. An instant meal that can easily be reheated over a fire 
or eaten coal that required no utensils. These women were geniuses. Today, tamales are usually made with chicken, pork, cheeses, and vegetables. But back then, the original fillings consisted of turkey, flamingo, frog, rabbit, eggs, fruits, and squash. So just to be clear, tamales predated Christopher Columbus coming to the Americas. The Aztecs actually served these Spaniards who were uninvited tamales like any good host would. And tamales also predate Christmas, as witnessed by ancient Mayan art paying homage to tamales. According to Claudia's research, it is estimated that tamales have been around since 8000 BC. Growing up on the Texas-Mexico border, I remember visiting my abuela, who was always busy in the kitchen. As soon as the first cold front hit South Texas around late October, her kitchen would turn into a tamale-making factory. I would love to share a sort of Norman Rockwell family image of abuela, her daughter, her daughters-in-law, and granddaughters surrounding a table partaking in holiday fun-making tamales. But that was not my family. You see, once the temperatures started dipping, electricity bills began rising. Tamales, just like their original intention during ancient times, allowed the family to survive. Abuela and her eldest daughter made hundreds of tamales to sell to workers. Tamales provided an extra income that allowed my grandmother and her extended household to survive through the winter and have a little extra for Christmas. Tamales are special to me not because they're delicious, but because they represent a family business and a family survival. Tamales help solve problems and bring people together. Now fast forward a couple of decades and you find me, a fourth generation Mexican American making a living in the District of Columbia, our nation's capital of nearly 700,000 people with only a Latino population of 10%. Three years ago, my friend and I started a community organization affiliated with the League of United Latin American Citizens, also known as LULAC, the oldest and largest Hispanic civil rights organization in the United States. Our council was made up of LGBT Latinos, LULAC Lambda. We kicked off with a lot of fanfare, attracting a lot of professional Latinos in the district who came to our opening party in October. Our new board wanted to follow up with an amazing holiday party, so we thought, let's serve tamales. Tamales in the District of Columbia are hard to come by. Not that many Mexican restaurants offer them, and those who do offer them at crazy expensive prices. And this is how our DC tamalada was born. To give us more background to our newfound tradition, DC resident and tamalero, Alberto Flores joins us. Um, here in DC, we don't have um, large Mexican culture. So um, whenever I go to the store um, I, or places where they said tamales, they're either too spicy, they don't have enough masa. You know, I'm very picky with tamales like most people are. 
So I said, well, why don't I make them? So of course, here I am calling my mom. So I say, mom, how do you make tamales? I mean, I grew up watching them because, you know, in Mexican culture, the boys are not allowed in the kitchen. So I would like just watch from afar. How do they do it? So I had a general idea, but I didn't know like the specifics, how much masa for the lard and for the seasoning. Um, so I call my mom. She's like, yeah, just put a pinch of this, put a... Um, Un puñito de esto, and I'm like, okay, well, this is not gonna work because they're obviously not into the metric system. Clearly, they for some reason they don't believe in measuring stuff. So, <laughs> um, here I am being um, still craving my tamales. I said, well, why don't I just YouTube it? So, of course, I go YouTube, and voila, there's like tons of recipes out there so i just looked for the most the simplest one so i have the maseca um the lard salt and baking powder oh and water of course so that's it that's all the masa ever needs i didn't know that um so my first batch turned out to be really bad um i put the lard in and it just on the masa and it just i thought that there were that was it they were mushy and i started making the tamales so by the time they cooked they turned out powdery because i didn't add the water so you know lesson learned um then the next batch turned out to be really good and what happened was that i'm very good friends with my coworkers, workers um, georgina and paula one's from peru one's from uh, bolivia and i brought them I brought some. It's like, hey, you know what? I made some tamales. You guys want to try it? And I wanted to know if they were good. And they're like, yes, they are very good. And people started seeing that we were eating tamales. So they're like, oh, do you make them? And this crazy idea happened. We're like, yes, I do. But they're so labor intensive. I was like, I wonder if I can sell them. <laughs> <laughs> so I start selling tamales at work. Oh, oh my God. God. $2.50 for tamales. I didn't know how I came up with that price, but they bought it. They started buying my tamales. And um, I was, you know, I was making good money, I think. But I got really busy with school and work and everything else. So it's like, I can't, I can't. They're very time intensive. Um, so back to our tamalada, um, I suggested, well, why don't I make them? And that's how we started doing two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. At first, I was kind of like, I don't know. This is going to be a good idea. I, was, I don't me. trust your cooking. But we were in a bind because we had already promised. We had already yes. sent the invites because with, with tamales. And I thought for sure, oh, we'll just have them like overnight. It shouldn't be that expensive. It was expensive. Mm -hmm. So you stepped in and we had we put the call out because we we're going to have this party on the third Saturday in December. But we're going to have the tamalada on the second Saturday to prepare those tamales for the third Saturday. And we put the call out and a lot of people showed because they, they were they wanted to connect with the culture, learn how to make tamales or remember how to make them because they had made them when they were little. Mm -hmm. And it was such a success. And everyone showed up and we had a good turnout um, our first year. I think we learned that we should probably just make them and then cook them a week later. So because we try to do everything and it's just it took like, what, seven hours for the whole process. And then, of course, it was at Justice Place when roommates there. I told him, OK, just leave them on for two hours 
And then um, I think he left them all night long. Yes, because I had I have never made tamales before. So we put them in the pot, and I'm there, and I'm checking on them. I open the leaves because by the time we put the masa, and then we put the ingredient in the middle, we roll it up in the in in the in the corn husk, and we put it to steam. You, I failed to realize that okay, they're gonna be mushy throughout the whole process. He didn't I, know when how to look for them when they're done. So yes. basically, they don't stick to the leaf. That's a way of telling. Of course, you have to taste them. Yeah, but it ran out of water. Remember, it ran out of water because I was like, "They're still mushy." Oh my god, they're not done yet. And I remember going to, laying in bed at eight, and then going up at ten, and then going up at no, at midnight. And I'm just like, I need to go to work the next day. When are these things gonna be done? Instead of calling me, of course, he just. I let them. Rose, I mean steam. It ran out of water, so all the lard and that leaked to the bottom of the pot was burning, was burning. and all these smoked flavored tavales. We should have charged more. Okay. Anyways, but they were still edible, but they smelled a little burnt. They, they were they had a smoky taste, to smoky it, taste. which. This December, we hosted our third annual Tamalada, which attracted several of our friends. Alberto set up his assembly line and everyone listened closely to the instructions and the chisme that would follow. Because what is a good Tamalada without chisme? You know Tamaladas? Los Tamaleras? Your best chisme you got. Well, when you're making tamales, you usually gossip about family. Your tia that you hate. Is she coming? Is she late again? Is she dating someone else now? So that's what happens when we start making tamales. But the chisme of today would be that um, Patricio actually cooks and he claims that he's a good cook. So we're just, I have proof. We're discussing yeah. that right now. Oh. Because I've never been invited. Oh. oh. Hi everyone, welcome to my tamalada. This is your host, Alberto Flores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're making tamales for a good cause. Lulag Lambda. Um, this is very labor intensive. That's why it's only done once a year during Christmas. I'm sure you know that, right? Every culture has a different way of doing it. So these are done with corn husks versus banana leaves. Every corn husk has a different side. I don't know if you can tell, but this is like silky versus rough. rough. We don't want the rough because we want the masa not to attach to the corn. We just want it to cook, right? So when you unwrap it, when it's not done, um, it's not stuck to it. So um, the masa is made with this masa sabrosa. Um, five cups of this, a cup and a half of Crisco or lard or mm. whatever you prefer. Um, baking powder and salt al gusto. So you mix it all together. Oh, and five cups of water. Mix it all together and this is the consistency that you're gonna get. <laughs> Just like that. Um, the fillings, the fillings, you see that on top? La bolsa está con el chili pot. Uh-huh. And the refrigerator on top. So you mix that in the blender where you, you have to hydrate them again. So I boil them for like five minutes so they can hydrate because they're, they're sun-dried. Um, you mix it with um, 
with whatever you want to season it with. I usually just put um, sal, pimienta, comino. Um, what else I put in? A little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Garlic, mm. onion, and some fresh tomato. You blend it all together, and then you have this consistency, the red sauce. And then you can add whatever meat you want to it. So a lot of people do the red one, the red sauce, with pork. That's very common. I like chicken because I feel like a lot of people have like dietary restrictions, so I'm considerate. They're actually better with pork, but anyways. Um, then my other, this is my actual favorite one. The actual favorite one is the green chili con, con queso. So it's the Anaheim peppers, you roast them, and then you take the, the what do you call them, the skin off, because it's burnt, and you shred them, and you make a guiso, and then you add the cheese. And this is my favorite tamales ever. Like I could eat a bunch <laughs> of these. Um, and that's how you make it. Um, the spiciness level has to be whatever you tolerate. Um, and that's that's it. But this all is time consuming because you have to, the corn husks are dried, so you have to hydrate them again. So that takes time. Um, making the guiso. Just as long as they're like pliable, they're flexible, because they're really, really dry. I put them in water for like hours so they can get nice and flexible. Um, the whole cooking time is two hours. They have wow. to be steamed for two hours and you'll get perfect tamales. And then you enjoy. In the end, more than 200 tamales were made, which were cooked and served at our annual holiday party the following weekend. That event raised $500 for our local scholarship and signed up 10 members to our group. Special thank you to everyone who showed up to make it a great success. And tamales, once again, saved the day.